3: The Numbers Game with Gil Alexander on VSEN, the Sports
4: Betting Network.
5: Back on the Numbers Game here on Vsin. Happy to be with you. I'm Jeff Files. Wyatt Tomchek is here. Kevin Trask is doing a great job making sure we're on the air. Liz and Matt, Liz Foster, Matt Hicks, also doing their doing their doing their great work downstairs as always uh, down there in the. Uh, in, in the basement here.
3: They're a little hungry, though, Jeff. They're, I know. I, I, you're
5: going you're gonna to hold that over me the whole week now. Yeah. They're going to hold that over well, me. Well, I mean, the I'm only with now. you for two days. So. Oh, okay, I guess that is right. I'll Brian Ortega later in the week. That, that is true. Good point. But now with us, though, host of the Wide World of Wine Garden podcast. And of course, you can find some articles as well from him on vsyn.com. It's our guy, Jason Weingarten. Jason, are, are you in New York or New Jersey this week? New York. Okay, Tampa so York. I I knew you were in a tri-state. I, I picked the right state with saying you were in New York. So, Jason, what are, what are you doing in New York this week?
4: Vacationing.
5: Oh, that's a good. That's a that's a good place to vacation. It's a good. That's good. You, it's it's good to get you from the East Coast. It's uh, obviously eleven o'clock as, as opposed to eight out here, so a little more awake as well too for you, which is good. So let's just dive right in. You're in New York, of course, home run derby wise the king of this event from New York, and Pete Alonzo, your betting favorite yet again, and you teased this on Friday with Gil. What what are you doing with this event for the Home Run Derby? Of course, at Dodger Stadium, a, a place that is not usually known for home runs.
4: Yeah, so, you know, I wanted to just wait and see, get, get all the information I could this weekend and understand, you know, is there a bonus round? How do how are they scoring everything? Are there any special quirks? I also wanted to see the bracket. Uh, after after looking at everything, I'm pretty convinced that the winner of the home run derby is most likely going to be the winner of the Pete Alonso Julio Rodriguez second round matchup.
5: Okay, so right now, Jason, uh, Julio Rodriguez a favorite against Corey Seager in round one. Alonso, of course, a favorite. Against Ronald Acuna Jr. in round one, and and you know, Jason, it's kind of funny. We talked about this in in the in the last segment here. This feels like a collision course to an all-analyst final, whether it be Schwarber against Alonzo or Soto against Alonzo, or if Acuna somehow pulls that upset against one of those guys. But I did say, Jason, and uh, and I'm not surprised you went this direction that Julio Rodriguez seems to be made for this event as well maybe not quite like Pete Alonzo, but pretty darn close with the amount of raw power that that kid has. I I, I tend to agree with you that if it is Alonzo against Rodriguez, the winner of that should be the favorite in the final once those odds are put up for whoever comes out of the other side of the bracket.
4: Buster Olney had a, uh, had a column today on ESPN where he talked about the difference the different uh, Home Run Derby participants and the, the pitchers throwing to them. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a pretty good primer to kind of break down, you know, who's doing what. And uh, I think, you know, I, I mentioned Julio. I bet Julio over Corey Seager round one. I bet that up to minus 140. I bet Julio Rodriguez at DraftKings under longest home run. I think it was under 465.5 feet because I saw – in one of the articles, Julio Rodriguez said he's not going for distance, he's just trying to put the ball over the fence. Um, so I thought I thought those were two two good ways to play the uh, play the the home run derby. And then the other thing, if you have access to FanDuel, I've been talking about this on the podcast. Been doing this a lot more lately. Make sure to take advantage of their ability to parlay player futures with basically anything. The home run derby. If you like Julio Rodriguez, for example, he's like seven to one right now, or eight to one. You know, parlay that with Shohei Otani or Aaron Judge or Paul Goldschmidt or whoever you think is going to win MVP or Cy Young, you can get you know much better odds. And if you're you're looking at an even bigger long shot in the Home Run Derby, like Jose Ramirez, for example, I think he's live to win the Home Run Derby. You know, he's like fifteen to one or sixteen to one. You can get him, parlay him with something that'll. You know, that'll boost whatever player future you're you're looking at significantly.
5: Well well not only that, you bring it up, Jason, I mean you could you could have a lot of fun and go with a Julio Rodriguez and Julio Rodriguez parlay if you really wanted
4: to. You could you could do I mean, that's the thing is I always when I'm talking about it on the podcast I'm like, Well, I tied this to Shohei Otani, I tied this to Shohei Otani, but you don't have to tie you could do it if there's any player you like particularly more than any, you know, anybody else, then you know, tie some bets to it. Or even better make two bets, split your bet into two bets, bet the first one, you know, and uh, keep the second one. And if you win the first leg, cash out the first one.
5: No, I look, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with that, especially, I mean, again, uh, just bringing up the Julio Rodriguez and Julio Rodriguez parlay. I mean, Julio Rodriguez, assuming he makes it through the season is going to be Jason. He should be unanimous to be the rookie of the year in the American league. Uh, And I know you may want to be tying things to a little more juicy prices, but that's as close to a sure thing w- with health notwithstanding as you're going to get in the award season this year is Rodriguez winning the American league rookie of the year.
4: Yeah. Westgate already moved him to minus 800. So they're, they're saying no more, no more bad. Yeah.
5: No, I, you know what, that, you know what, that price is probably about right because he's, unless if he gets hurt, he's running away and hiding with that. Uh, of course, Jason, as, as uh, we usually do when, when we're, when you're on with Gil, the, Usual Shohei Ohtani check in. Of course, he's odds on in most places now to win the AL MVP. Jason, I, I, that that's right at this point. He should be odds on, uh, even with Aaron Judge having a pretty significant weekend against the Red Sox.
4: Yeah, you know, I'm I'm out here in New York. I'm uh, surrounded by Yankees fans. I saw that game where he hit the the two home runs. You know, and it's like congratulations and no 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 disrespect to Aaron Judge and his home run hitting power, but. You know, hitting a home run when you're up five-one, and again when you're up nine-one, it's like, you know, big deal to me. Doesn't mean he's not a good power hitter, and probably going to lead the league in home runs. But I just don't see how that, you know, makes him an MVP. And at this point, he's at least behind Jordan Alvarez and Rafael Devers is the best hitter in the uh, in the American League. So, you know, like you said, it's a health thing with Otani, and he starts starts the second half. I think he pitches the the first day out of the break against the Braves. He does. So you know, that's a big matchup. Obviously he goes out, gets lit up, it'll kinda move us back a little bit, at least in the in the Cy Young race. But I mean, if you don't understand by now that this is the best player in at least modern baseball history, if not the history of all of baseball, I just I can't help you. All I could do it's like you, the saying you could lead a horse to water but you can't make him drink. You know, I can't <laughs> I can't convince those that don't want to be convinced and I'm I have no no intention of trying. I'm just going to keep adding more money on it.
5: Jason, Jason, uh, just looking at some other markets that are available uh, for tomorrow, of course, the All-Star Game, uh, it, do you have any thoughts just in a traditional sense? And then All-Star Game MVP is up in a lot of spots right now. Is there any player that you would even consider possibly taking a flyer on? Would that be another scenario where maybe you look to Ohtani there as well?
4: I have to look. I haven't seen those odds actually, so I, I couldn't tell you okay. what I'd bet without seeing it. But you definitely, obviously, Otani pitches, hits, starts the game. You know, like I say, he does everything except drive the bus to the stadium at this point. So he he should rightfully be the favorite. But my favorite bet for the game is the first inning yes score because I know it's going to open plus money tomorrow at most places. They're going to get a lot of no score money because. They always get no score money. People are gonna to want to bet on something. That's what you know, that's one of the, the things that they kind of focus in on. But um, you know, you get Otani, you get Kershaw, and they're both facing the tops of very strong lineups. So I would absolutely love to get the first inning of plus money tomorrow. Jason,
5: right now the one place that I see that has a number up, uh, Superbook has it at even on the yes right now.
4: Yeah, it'll keep going it'll keep going higher.
5: Yeah, I, I would imagine i will probably close plus 115 would be my guess.
4: Maybe even uh, higher, plus maybe 10, higher than plus, that. Plus, yeah, I mean, if you get some some square square books, they'll get a lot more no money. They'll just keep juicing that number higher. But uh, at least, I mean, if you can get even money, there's going to be a good bet on that.
5: Jason, right now, going back to that all-star game MVP, uh, one book has it right now, FanDuel does. Otani's your favorite at four to one. Aaron Judge is five to one. Vlad Jr. Is six to one. Mookie Betts plus seven fifty. John Carlo at plus nine fifty. And then rounding out your top seven are Paul Goldschmidt and Byron Buxton, both at six at thirteen to one. I should say.
4: I wouldn't go with anybody necessarily in the starting lineup. Like Aaron Judge, He has a calf injury. I'm guessing he's going to get one at that. You know. I don't. I don't think he's going to get two at bats. I could be wrong, but I would probably go with the guys who are going to come in the game later because, you know, somebody coming in to to hit in the sixth or seventh inning is going to have a better chance to get a game winning or a game changing hit than potentially, you know, a guy getting one at bat who's, you know, showing up because he's an he's an all star, but he doesn't necessarily want to play.
5: Kyle Schwarber, seventy to one. Guy who could hit a game-changing homer, maybe seventy on Schwarber. Yes,
4: I mean seventy is a who's higher than him. I mean, it's got to be like some relievers. No, stuff, no right? they
5: don't have any relievers listed. There, Jason. To be honest with you, there are a lot of intriguing names at seventy to one, including Juan Soto and Julio Rodriguez and and uh, Xander Bogarts, all at seventy to one. There are a lot of good yeah. numbers out here.
4: And that goes. That also goes back to my thing about Fanduel and parlay and stuff. If if you like, you know, uh, Pete Alonzo tonight, parlay Pete Alonzo with the seventy to one MVP favorite, and you got yourself a, a very big exciting ticket for the for the, the, the All Star game tomorrow.
5: Yeah, no, I, that's actually I, I'm actually happy that I pulled this up. That is a all, Jason. There are a lot of very interesting numbers on that MVP market. Uh, on guys who will likely come off the bench. Well, yeah, we will come off the bench tomorrow night at Dodger Stadium. Jason, always a pleasure. Enjoy New York. Enjoy your vacation. We'll talk again later in the week. Sounds
4: good. Good uh, good job filling in for the boss man this week.
5: Of course, uh, th- Thank you, Jason. Always appreciate the kind words and always appreciate the opportunities to fill in for young Gilly, as they would say. We're going back to the NFL next. To D.C. we go. That's next on a numbers game. Welcome back to a numbers game here on vSIN. Happy to be with you. I'm Jeff Parles, or Jeff Parlay. If you want to call me, he's good with me. Wyatt Check here as well. Leading you in, as always, to the Lombardi line today. Michael Lombardi, Ben Wilson. Going to be coming your way at the top of the hour. So Jason Weingarten, a recap on the last segment before we get into the Washington Commanders, who, interesting offseason, to say the very least for Washington, Jason believes that tonight it will be the w- the winner of an Alonzo Rodriguez semifinal will win the home run derby. I have absolutely no issue with that, and those would be the two guys that I probably would bet going into tonight. Alonzo at a shorter price, Rodriguez at a longer price. I gotta feel bad for Ronald. That's just such a you re-
3: guys are you're sleeping on. One of the greatest players. In he's, all he's, all, he's
5: awesome, but it's a horrible matchup for him in round one. And Alonso has the, has the look, hammer.
3: Look, 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 look. We've all know, history says, that Braves always top the Mets. I hate to, hate to oh, say it to you. Oh, here we are.
5: Right, all you right. Know, you know, can, I mean, can, you guys can, did win can, last Kev, week. Rid,
3: I'll give you credit. That was a good, good, yeah, don't cut the mic. Kev, get rid of his mic. He's done. He's done now. That was no. a good <laughs> series win last week for you guys.
5: Very important series win. By the way, Mets lead the Braves by two and a half games in the NL East going to the All-Star break. That is going to be I would say by far the best division race that we're going to have in the second half, regardless of league, the AL central is the only one that could rival it, but those teams nowhere near as good as the Mets or the Braves. Let's go back to football though. The Washington commanders. Yes, that's the team. Now, no longer the Washington football team after their old name, of course was eliminated. So their are off season. Now, they at least did one good thing. Terry McLaurin is under contract long-term now. That's good. That's good. The guy is an elite wide receiver. But they gave actual live assets to Indianapolis for Carson Wentz. And this goes back to what I was talking about a few weeks ago when Gil and I went through some quarterback prop bets. DraftKings is Carson Wentz interceptions at 10 and a half. If Carson Wentz somehow plays 14 games... That thing's going over. The big issue would be injury for Wentz, which we've seen, or just hilarious ineffectiveness, which could happen. The problem is, are, who's your backup then? Would you go with Heineke, which, which I would do. I'd almost consider starting Heineke over Wentz still. Or do you go to the guy you drafted in Sam? Howe? That's going to be the big question if it goes awry for Wentz. We'll have plenty of problems to get through. Looking at the betting profile real quick for Washington – so, that MGM is at eight and a half, but the juice is minus 165 on the under. Just deal an eight. <laughs> I, I, it doesn't matter. Eight and a half, minus 165, that's good. They're not going over 500. They're not going over 500. You, you In what universe, is Washington going over 500 this year? You don't think
3: the defense can will them to
5: that? I mean, it's a... why? 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 They were under five hundred when they won the division two years ago. When the defense was great, and the Cowboys. And the other difference is that division that year, the Cowboys were awful. The Cowboys were awful that year. The Eagles were bad. The, remember, it was the Giants. The six and ten Giants almost stole the division in twenty twenty. It wasn't anyone who was good. The Giants won six games, and if Sudfeld wasn't put in by the Philadelphia front office. The six and 10 Giants would have won the division. Joe Judge would have been a division champion as head coach. So, like, this team, even when they were good, like, quote unquote, good, they weren't even good. <laughs> so, I, I just, again, they're five to one to win the NFC East. They're 30 to one to win the NFC title. They're 66 to one to win the Super Bowl. They're plus 165 to make the playoffs. I would rather have the eight and a half under than the no on the playoffs. Because the one scenario that could get really bizarro is if the Eagles underachieve greatly and Dak Prescott gets hurt, then you could get some weird things. Even though, again, remember Cooper Rush, now superstar. this one Sunday night win in Minnesota. But I much rather for the just the basics here. These are the basics of the basics for win totals and make-miss playoffs, all those basics. I would much rather have that heavily juiced at minus one sixty-five under eight and a half. I'd look for. I'd want an all total at under seven and a half. I think I'd even consider an all t- total at six and a half. Carson Wentz had the perfect situation to win last year in Indianapolis, a team with with Derrick Henry hurt. Jonathan Taylor was the best running back in the NFL last year. You had a great offensive line. Great offensive line in Indy. Missed the playoffs. Couldn't even make the playoffs. Had moments last year. The left-handed pick six at the end of the regulation against Tennessee. One of the most ridiculous plays in NFL history. Probably the worst interception in league history. Mark Sanchez still has the lead on worst fumble in league history. And in week 18... They were non-competitive against Jacksonville. When all they got to do is win the game as a 16-point favorite. And they get blown out. And now you're on a team where, again, Terry McLaurin is is a better wide receiver than any pass catcher Indy had last year. There's no argument with that. Curtis Samuel, I don't trust to stay on the field. Just don't trust him to stay healthy. I have no idea we're getting out of John Dotson. That could go really well or that could go really poorly. I don't think there's a middle ground for year one for Dodson, but if he's on the better side, then yeah, Washington could under, could overachieve. If they're going to overachieve as a whole, that defense is going to have to play at a level that at the level they were in in the second half of the 2020 season. That is the only way that I could see Washington surprising me in a big way and being a borderline playoff team. They would have to have Chase Young would have to have a huge year again, like he did his rookie year. That Alabama-laden defensive line with Payne and Allen on the interior would have to have big years. Again, Montez went would have to have a big year as well. But I just don't see it. And I think Ron, Ron Rivera is a good coach, but he's a little overrated. I think he's a little overvalued as a head coach. But I, I think you get the drift here as you look at basically the – the stage of elimination here for Washington. If you somehow think they're going to make the playoffs. I would actually take losing a wild card round at three to one over the plus 165. one sixty are not winning a playoff game if they get in the playoffs. And if they do, there'll be ways for you to get out of out of that bet. But I, I, I don't really love these stage of elimination bets. But that's one of those where you have a team if they somehow make the playoffs against my expectations. I'd rather have a three to one on the losing the wild card round than the plus one sixty five because they aren't getting the one seed. I can guarantee you that if they somehow make the playoffs and to make the playoffs, it's more likely than not the NFC East completely melted. That would be the way they would be. It would be the same situation as in twenty twenty, where. Yeah, they have the home game in the playoff. The playoffs, but they weren't beating Tom Brady. I mean, I remember Heineke was amazing in that game and it didn't matter.
3: And they, they got they made it a little interesting that game.
5: Yeah, Heineke was awesome in that game. But uh, you know,
3: going back to the the commanders, yeah. I, sure. I'm a little bit more higher on them than you. You know, we've seen the NFC East implode sure. more times than not. Yeah. And I think if Carson Wentz can kind of play up to where he was before he tore his ACL that one year where he could have been the MVP. You get this defense, right? I want to be shocked if this team makes it the playoffs. I, now I do agree with you. I don't, I think they are one and done, but I wouldn't be surprised if they well, do. And again, it
5: really does depend on the defense and we can look at some individual player props here for the last few moments before we get to, uh, we get to the New York football giants in the next segment, chase young at the bottom of your screen. If you're watching us at home, if you're not chase young sack total, these odds from recent.com again, I love, I love the quarters. So, seven and three-quarters sacks. Because, of course, very, very logical to land on a half a sack in the NFL, as we know. If that is under, if that is under, so basically you're going under eight for Chase Young, Washington's a six-win team, if that happens. If Chase Young goes over and well over and is in the defensive player of the year category, Like a Micah Parsons in Dallas for me, that's when things could get a little funky for what I'm saying with Washington. That's when things can change. It doesn't doesn't matter if Wentz is bad. If your defense can keep you in games, you'll at least have an opportunity to stay in this thing. By the way, uh, Wentz's totals this year, 3,550 and a half passing yards, 23 and a half passing touchdowns, 10 and a half interceptions. I like that over of all the Washington related props, if he plays the whole year, I like that over. Key is gotta get through the whole season. That could be the thing that impacts that. Antonio Gibson, 869 and a half on rushing yards. Now, when we were going when I was going through this last night, that one was interesting as a potential under. The problem is we may see Washington run the ball more because of ineffective quarterback play. So no play there. a 75.5 receptions, a thousand and a half receiving yards. No play there. But it's tough to see if McCorn is healthy the whole year and Wentz is at least somewhat capable of getting the ball, probably go over. We go to New York football Giants next. Can they get out of the cellar? Here on a numbers game. The VEASAN Summer Special is here. For just $19, you get everything VEASAN has to offer now through the end of July. Sign up today. You'll get VEASAN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, and NASCAR. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bet email, every edition of point spread weekly, use of our betting tools and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is just $19 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash summer. By the way, speaking of NASCAR... Just have to say this real quick. Congratulations to Wyatt Tomczyk back there, who pressed into duty late last week, did a phenomenal job on gun racing, and was very close to getting a winner. I was. You were very
3: close. The pit crew was looking real good. Martin Shrek's Jr. was was dominating the race. Jersey guy, by the way. I know. And they, they went two tires going to the third stage and he could not get back up to the front. Couldn't pass. Pit crew went over five on their picks. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, it's betting. It's a, you know, you can talk about how close you are, but a loss is still a loss,
5: but a, but a good job. a Good Thank job. You. Good job. Preston, Preston, the duty late.
3: Yeah. I got a call on the, on the, on the freeway. <laughs> hey, you need to host a uh, gone race. I'm like, Oh,
5: okay, <laughs> here we go. Well, from gone racing to gone fishing here. And the New York Giants, new era for them now. We were fishing very early in the season last year, uh, wide. Really just really just a disaster last year for the New York Giants in in every way. Giants last year, of course, finished last in the in the NFC East. They go four and thirteen. Joe Judge is out. It's now Brian Dable now is your head coach for the New York football Giants. They were the next-to-worst scoring offense. Amazingly, they weren't the worst scoring offense in the NFL last year, which is kind of amazing, where the combination of Judge and Garrett and Kitchens was just uh, – it, it was not a Mensa meeting. Let's just go with that. But you look at the Giants this year. You have Brian Dable, who I, I'm very curious to see what happens with Brian Dable. He follows Joe, Joe Shone down – from Buffalo, the whole Buffalo brass now in New York. The Giants seemingly are at least starting to go the right direction for the first time in essentially a decade. Of course, 2011 season. That was their last Super Bowl. They won the playoff appearance in 2014. That was, or excuse me, 2016. That was a disaster, of course. That was the infamous boat picture in Miami. They went up to Lambeau and got smoked. Beautiful game, By the by Packers, the yeah. No, Beautiful I, game. You're not the only Packer fan who has that uh, has that memory on that one. <laughs> the but,
3: Randall Cobb Hail Mary.
5: But uh, just looking at the Giants, the coaching staff. I actually have I have confidence in this coaching staff. If Dable can turn his magic as an offensive coordinator in Buffalo into being a reasonable head coach, I like Mike Ka- Kafka, who they brought in. Quarterbacks coach, of course, a former quarterback in the league, former Northwestern quarterback, Andy Reid disciple. Good starting spot for him as a coordinator, and then they get Wink Martindale up from Baltimore in one of the more surprising hires, or excuse me, firings, I should say, with the Ravens canning Martindale, replacing him with McDonald from Michigan. But you have a veteran defensive coordinator who is a darn good defensive coordinator. I don't care what happened to Baltimore last year; they were injured all year defensively. Mordendale's a legit top eight coordinator in the defensive side. But as always with the Giants, it's going to come down to quarterback play even as much as what Brian Dable is. And we look at their betting profile here. Again, the basics on your screen if you're watching us at VEASAN.com. The New York football Giants win total seven and a half, juiced under minus 160, make the playoffs two to one, miss minus 250. Win the NFC East, they are the long shot at plus 650. 40-1 to one to win the NFC title, 100-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. Now, the Giants are not good enough at this point to warrant any sort of consideration on an NFC championship or a Super Bowl bet, obviously. They're not there. They're not close. They're probably another two years away from being realistically able to say that. And this is Daniel Jones' last stand. If Daniel Jones is average to mediocre, like we have seen his entire career, He will not be a giant next year. And the Giants will use a first-round pick on a quarterback in all likelihood. If Daniel Jones is good, then the Giants have a pretty precarious situation on their hands. Because they declined the fifth-year option. Do you give a guy who for the majority of his career has been mediocre to bad a legitimate deal? And I'm not so certain that you can do that based off of one season in a new system. You could probably, maybe you tag him. It's a lot of money for Daniel Jones. But it's one of those situations where if Jones, is the the easiest situation for the Giants moving forward would be Daniel Jones plays for two months this year, stinks. They put Terod Taylor in, and then you know you can cut bait with Jones for good in the offseason, and then you move forward with Taylor and a rookie quarterback in 2023. Giants, of course, had a great draft. They had two of the top seven picks, and they took Thibodeau and Neal, who had both at one point. This is how good the Giants draft was. The Giants took two guys who at one point during the draft process were the betting favorites to go number one overall. And they got them at five and seven. So the Giants have really really did a nice job in the draft here in Vegas. And by the way, I think Thibodeau is going to be a stud. I think Thibodeau is going to be the defensive rookie of the year. He's going to have a big year on the outside. And again, I don't love Leonard Williams, but Leonard Williams will attract enough attention from offensive lines to give Thibodeau a chance to really rust. The past word, don't by the Leo Gillespie as well, who they took in the second round, I really like that of Georgia. But as you look at the Giants' Individual player props here. Daniel Jones, thirty-six fifty. I would only bet that under. Passing touchdowns, 21 and a half. I, I, I would only bet Jones props under. Because there is a realistic chance that Daniel Jones only ends up playing half the games here. Because if he's bad the first half of the season, they're going to bench him. Simple as that. Can't bet anything Saquon Barkley related. You just can't do it. You don't know if he can stay healthy. And then defensively speaking, at the bottom of your screen, Xavier McKinney, two and a half interceptions. I don't want anything to do with that. Thibodeau, seven and a quarter sacks. I like that over. I think that, like I said, Thibodeau, to me, I I don't want to bet it at the current number because it's a little too short. But Thibodeau is your defensive rookie of the year in all likelihood this year. And also, too, because you don't have to be on a good team necessarily to be the defensive rookie of the year. The Giants were the most complex team for me to figure out in season projections. We can look at the Giants' schedule here, too, because the Giants open their season on the road because the Jets have the home game in week one. They open at Tennessee, which that could be a game we learn a lot about both of those teams because the Titans seemingly are going to be down – from what they were a year ago, and it'd be hard not to be down from what they were a year ago. Number one seed, then they get Car- Then they get three straight home games, where all three of those home games are winnable. Carolina, they'll be a slight home favorite. They'll be a favorite at home against Chicago, week four. And you know what? Dallas on a Monday night, you could beat Dallas at home on a Monday night. I don't think they will, but you could. And that's the one thing that could really make things messy for the Giants long-term with Jones. Look at that schedule. Look at that schedule, period. You have plenty of winnable games on here. I mean, you get the AFC South. You win at Jacksonville. You can win at Seattle, both of those road games, in Week 7 and 8. You have home games against at three at three or four home games after the buyer, Houston, Detroit and Washington. Those are all winnable games. Now, I don't like their back end of the schedule. I don't like their last five weeks. I think you could see a one in four the last five weeks very easily from this team to collapse any potential goodwill they have through the first 13 weeks. But the Giants have, to me, the biggest variance of anyone in this division. The Giants, with that schedule and the improvements – that they have made this offseason through the draft and a little bit through free agency. Again, just giving up Bradbury for nothing seems stupid, but I understand why they did it contract-wise. The Giants could very easily finish this season four and thirteen again if Daniel Jones is terrible and then Tarot Taylor is mediocre to bad. But if things go right and Brian Dable is shows to be a good head coach quickly. With an elite defensive coordinator in Wink Martindale, the Giants are the one team in this division where if something weird happens, you could be talking about going to week 15 and being like, oh, Giants are sitting here through 13 games at seven and six. Hmm. Maybe we have a surprise on our hands in the NFCs." I would look, if you can get seven and a half juice to the over still on a win total, I would consider betting that over. But keep in mind, that is one that could very easily go way against you very quickly. Paul sport Home Run Derby thoughts, first half thoughts, talking baseball with sport to wrap the show next.
0: You can listen to the Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: BetMGM, the king of sports books, unleashes the, the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits. Like free bets and risk free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas trip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards, Sports Betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up today with BetMGM or log on to get an even bigger. Piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 or older to place a wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Happy to be with you here on A Numbers Game. I'm Jeff Parles. Why, Tom Check here as well. By the way, before we get to Paul Spore, NFC East finish of order for me. Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, Commanders. Would not be shocked if those top two flipped. Would not be shocked at all. So I, I like that order. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that I think it's just in a scenario where Dallas still the advantage of quarterback with Prescott over Hurts, and I know Dallas has to play a first place schedule, which is tougher than what Philly has to do with a second place schedule, but the advantage of Prescott over Hurts still leads me to Dallas over Philly. And I would expect that there will be pain for Dallas in the first round of the playoffs. So that's that's the way I'll do. It. We'll, we'll do it. We'll have full season bets, a whole recap of this as we go through these next two weeks on everything that I end up playing uh, before uh, before Young Gill ends up uh, ends up coming uh, coming back uh, in two weeks. But now with us, our guy Paul Spore. Paul, uh, it's good to see you this morning. We're we of course got the home run derby tonight, and let's just. Dive right in. Ooh, the nice Miami Marlins city thank cast you, hat. I like, I like that you. or city connect. I should say, uh, had Paul home run derby tonight. Pete Alonso's your betting favorite. No shock there. How are you handicapping this thing? What are you looking for tonight in this fun exhibition?
6: I mean, listen, he's shown, that this is this is his event he has to be the favorite I totally get that with Alonzo you're really gonna find me on favorites though so even though um I'll weirdly probably be rooting for him, and, and almost in a weird way against myself then, because I'll I'll have something else. I'll have a different ticket. I like to go for a long shot, you know, and then you can root for something that's uh, that's a bit more out there. And the two guys that it leads me to are J. Rod at plus nine hundred, and Jose Ramirez at plus sixteen hundred. The little guy to really uh, to really shock the world there. We know his power. His power plays, his size has not uh, been a problem. Obviously, sometimes it works as the stereotype goes, right? Pete Alonzo looks like a huge power guy. He is. He's the polar bear. He's a stud. Sometimes guys can be a little bit smaller. They can be a Jose Ramirez, uh, and they can have plenty of power packed in there, too. So I like Ramirez and J-Rod if you're going to go off the board a bit, but I I, I have a hard time uh, truly predicting anybody to win it besides Pete if I'm really going in my heart of hearts to try to win, uh, uh, you know, to try to save my life, let's say.
5: No, I, Paul, I, I understand you uh, on that. It really does feel like if you're go if you're going mm-hmm. off the board that Julio Rodriguez feels to be the guy that is built potentially to steal this from Alonzo. The problem is he would have to face Alonzo in the semifinal, so it could be oh, one wow, of those. Yes,
6: then he still has to yeah. Right, it could yeah. be
5: one of those scenarios where we have seen this in the past. Guy expends a ton of energy to get by a big tough competition uh, competition in in the second round to run out of gas in the final. That would be, that's that's, my big concern with J rod. That's Josh Hamilton, right? People still
6: think that's the Josh Hamilton home run derby and Justin Morneau beat him. Uh, So I totally hear you on that. That is definitely a major concern there and playing out the bracket is actually really smart. I I hadn't done that yet to kind of see, you know, how would the guys go? Um, You know, It is just going to be so difficult because you look at Schwerber too at at the top as well right there with Alonzo and beating one of those two if you have to do it before you get to the finals and then face the other one of those two that is remarkably difficult so it's going to be difficult road to hoe for anybody who isn't or Alonzo I think they're the mega favorites with good reason but the rest of that cast of characters can give you at least a fun night. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go too far off uh, the beaten path to look at Corey Seager too. I mean, that power stroke. We know how good he's been and and how good he can be. And we've wanted health to kind of come together for him. I think. I think Seager has a good opportunity as well. Who, who does Alonzo face in the very first round?
5: How about Ronald Acuna Jr. I know, right? Right. I mean, they that's put, like, they put two of the three best guys in this event against each other in the first round. Yes.
6: Yes. Okay. I see. I see the board now. There, and you know, Pujols gets the draw, and but Don't sleep on Pujols for an upset either. And I'm not trying to like give hype on every guy. There's certain guys I like. Obviously, Alonso, the standard fave. But then, if I'm going anywhere again, it's Ramirez or J Rod. But I believe everyone is a, you know, a live dog, if you will, everyone behind Alonzo Soto. Remember when he unlocked his swing at the Derby last year, which is usually the opposite that people are worried about. Oh, no, it's going to ruin their swing. And data has shown that it's a person-to-person random thing. You never really know. And it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy anyway that these are the best home run hitters uh, during the season anyway. They're bound to regress just by natural Mm-hmm. Uh, by the fact that they're way above their level anyway. But there is no home run Derby curse. Soto trying to go for a second year in a row of the home run Derby uh, blessing where he turns his season around at the Derby.
5: Paul, you bring up Juan Soto. Of course, the report over the weekend that the Nats are now open, potentially for business on Juan Soto. Just eyeballing it for me, and and you know the process. You know the uh, the minor league system's a lot better than I do. The three teams that I thought, all right, they have enough that they could possibly do it. We're San Diego, the Mets, and the Yankees. And also bringing up the willingness to pay Soto probably $500 sure. million. Dollars. Yeah. What do you think the chances are that we see him dealt by August 2nd? And then on the flip side of that, what are the chances that we you think we see him get dealt this offseason?
6: I think the offseason is probably the higher potential. There's so much time. Uh, left on his deal that there is no urgency for them it seems like based on some of the other reports that we got down the line after all that whirlwind of he turned on this offer he's going to be traded and then we're starting to hear he's gonna be traded soon in three weeks by the deadline some of that might have been accelerated by scott boris he's not he's certainly not above doing that he's always looking out for his <laughs> players if they want out he's going to do everything he can to try to get them out i don't believe that they're playing with that kind of urgency for washington they're going to get the best deal that is out there for them it might not be, it, it won't be what he's quote unquote worth. What I really see is probably throwing in like a Patrick Corbin to kind of mitigate, because you can't, you can't really get what Soto's quote unquote worth. Cause it's like six prospects who are, you know, uh, 50 grade or better again, right. at a minimum. Right. But you can't, you can't get that because you have to give those prospects and then you have to pay 400 plus million. Like you said, upwards of 500 million. So Teams are going to be like, come on, you know, we'll work something out. We'll take on a a Corbin deal and kind of mitigate things a little bit. And it'll end up probably looking a bit like the Mookie Betts deal on a better on a better return for the Nats because he's younger. He's under more team control. But that sort of structure where it is going to be relatively underwhelming based on who Juan Soto is, but it does bring in some other teams, too. I think the Mariners Mm -hmm. could be a really interesting team. I think the Blue Jays, you can never rule out the Dodgers. They're in on everything if they want to be. And then there's some other teams on the fringes there that could really dig in if they want it. Teams can afford him if they want. Many teams choose not to play in that pool of of affording guys like Soto, Uh, but other teams could get in. I don't think he's going to get done by the deadline. I'd love to see it just because I love exciting trade deadlines. I think this offseason is much more realistic for Juan Soto in a trade
5: in outfield with Julio Rodriguez and Juan Soto sounds Insane. like a good time. Doesn't it, Paul? And, and you can go, you know, you obviously don't have to give J-Rod.
6: They, they never would. That would be counterproductive. So you go, you know, you start Noel Marte, Marte, uh, Matt Brash, and probably I mean, Kellnick, you know, like, right? Kelnick yeah you go yeah. with those three as the starting point you work from there you know or, or put in Emerson Hancock for Brash if they're worried that Brash is just a reliever based on this year either way they can start the party with Noel Marte, which is a great opening salvo there to sort of to sort of build upon for Seattle so i like them as a really interesting dark horse and it'd be fun to see one of the non you know powerhouses N- not a new york Uh, either of those teams not in la uh you know not one of the big dogs let's see uh, a couple other teams get involved here and i think the mariners i mean they got that nintendo money they should be in on this i really think that that would be an amazing fit for them obviously you can't ravage the entire uh, uh minor league system and give you know your top five guys but i think two or three of the top five or six and then another couple at the back end if they take on that corbin deal if they if they want to mitigate the cost a little bit, they could possibly do that. But I think Seattle and Toronto are two underdogs uh, that could really get this done too with Soto.
5: Add Soto to that Toronto lineup. That would also be sick as Not well. But I mean, Plus, again, you add all- him, Paul, you add them to any lineup. It's going to be sick. I mean, that's yes. just how good <laughs> Juan Soto is. All right, Paul, 20 seconds here. Biggest storyline that you're looking at in the second half of the baseball season is? Uh, probably kind of how that
6: AL wildcard plays out. Do some of these upstart teams uh, hang around in there, like an aforementioned Seattle that currently have a spot, Baltimore on the come up. Things aren't as intriguing in the National League. So I think it's the AL wildcard in the divisions and how all that playoff stuff plays out.
5: That AL wildcard race is going to be fascinating because when not- the regression hits the Mariners, how steep is it going to be? That's the exactly. biggest thing I'm looking for on AdRace. race. Paul Sporer, everyone, of course, fan graphs on the tweets at Sporer. Paul, pleasure as always. We'll talk again soon. Sounds great, Jeff. Take care. Of course. The Lombardi line, Michael Lombardi, Ben Wilson, coming your way next here on Vison. This has been a numbers game.
0: I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States.